Hey everyone, it's Jeremy. This is the second episode of the Maelstrom Frequency, but we actually recorded it back in November at the end of our Cadre Showcase. The Cadre has been a concept at Maelstrom for many years, and this last year we reinvented it as a team of artists, each producing one of their own projects. Uh, those artists were Nate Puppets, Naomi Columna, and Silk Allen. Uh, they were selected in the summer of 2022 and then developed their original performances uh, that were performed over three weeks at Maelstrom that fall. Not only were those pieces incredibly unique, wonderful, interesting, strange, interdisciplinary works, which is Maelstrom's whole deal, but also they were so lovely and generous to work with. Truly just a real bunch of sweeties. So you're about to hear our conversation with them reflecting on that process. At the time of this recording, we had set up the podcast at the bottom of a well full of snakes. So you might hear a little bit of that in the audio. I'm happy to report that we have moved above ground since then. But of course, we wish our little snake friends a merry hiss. It might be good to do like a two sentence just pitch of what everyone's show was just because just in case someone didn't see it so for nate what would you say like two sentences just sort of describing what your piece just describing the show yeah, what yeah. it looked like or yeah just for an audience member who, or for someone listening who wasn't there that night so my piece was um it was three different kinds of puppets so it was one large puppet who is the demon figure he's the main character and then behind him are shadows of different artists that represent different artists of the past, and they're singing a song, which whichever song they may I may have picked for that. And then also two little puppets, specifically for Louis Jordan's beans and cornbread. So I made literal puppets of beans and cornbread, and they had a fight, you know. <laughs> uh, never, or not never. At all. that. <laughs> It's only been six months. I've only known you for two and a half years. Uh, Naomi, hi, I know your name. I promise. Um, that's okay. I was thinking really hard about how to describe my um, uh, The phrase I think we landed on was a multi-dimensional montage. Yes. Musical montage. Yes. So it started with music, which I would say is sort of like a narrative album. That's where I like started, but it's not very clear without the rest of it. Or the, it's like a structured, like story arc, but the dancers will—they're like a solo dancer—will interpret it in their style and perform it as the like hero of the story that's happening. And there's also like a, a visual storytelling with um, projections um, and text um, that happen with the live performance. So there's a different soloist dancer, or there are four different soloist dancers that like interpreted this video and musical thing. Yeah. I got there. <laughs> um, mine was a um, autobiographical, oh my God, I can never say that word. It was about me, y'all. <laughs> it was about Autobiographical? Yes. I got you. <laughs> um, basically, so it was, a, I was telling a story about me, my life, how I got into fashion, and like how music held with that or whatever hip hop music specifically. And um, I used um, Barbie dolls to help me tell a story because I um, like to style Barbies or I like to style people and like Barbies are easy. But then I also have live, I also had live models 
and I try to take you through the decades, so 90s with um, 90s fashion, um, 90s street style fashion, the 2000s club wear, and then ending with the present high fashion, which is, you know, what I, um, where my story kind of, uh, I didn't want to say ended because it's not over, <laughs> but kind of like just um, where the art landed on. Yes. yes, yeah. So, and I just had like a lot of pictures from like Baby Silk 1980 <laughs> <laughs> on until the present 2020, I think. So, and videos of like all my past work, all my shows, and everything that um, Jasmine helped me put together. So then going back, because you're kind of leading into this, Nate, because um, the, the next question I have is about, like, the ideas that are in your work. And so you, you were talking about that. Um, but, like, yeah, I guess really the heart of this question is not just, like, what ideas were you playing with, too, but, like, how did you get it kind of synthesized into the final show? Like, what was, was there a moment of, like, editing where you were like, okay, I can't put it all in there. <laughs> so what is, like, core to the central idea of what you wanted to get across? Like... Is that too broad of a question? No, no, that, that honestly works because okay. that that was the process where it's just like, you know, it, it's 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 breaking it down to the parameter of misbehavior. That's where you go. Now, what happens within this? And so, like, just like everyone, I kind of wrote it all in pieces. So there were three pieces that stayed no matter what, and then everything kind of led up to them. But it's like the question of what do I want here so it's within the themes of misbehavior it's what is being said even like there's it's almost like you have to decode it so I used a song called Shine and um, it just looks like a tap dance number to anybody obviously because that's what the song is it's a tap dance number but I put that in there because the character that's singing the songs from Cabin in the Sky his name is Domino Johnson and he is bad he is a gangster. He, you know, is a flirt. He, you know, does all the bad things. And, like, um, Dr. Todd Boyd said he'd be 50 Cent, you know. Well, I'm not sure when he recorded that, but... <laughs> you know, um, so things like that. And then there's just kind of little themes of misbehavior. There's, um... There's, um, now that I can't think of any, great. <laughs> I was thinking of, um, like, Earth, like I think one of the obvious ones is, like, Earth Kids. Earth a Kid. Really, uh, yeah. I Want to Be Evil, yeah. Be evil, yeah. That's, that, was, that one was obvious to me. That one had to be in there no matter what. And so within that, it's like, what do we do? Because that, one, that one's straightforward. It's saying, I want to be evil. But then you have also, like, near the end, you have, like, Let My People Go. Let right. my people go, which is a great migration narrative, and so that's misbehavior because yeah. you're not you're you're making your own path. That pissed a lot of people off when you know they all made their own path. My family's part of that. That's why I specifically wanted to have that narrative. But to me, that's misbehavior. That's we're going out and we're doing our own thing, and you can't stop us. So the the themes of misbehavior are present. So it's a lot of dancing. There's promiscuity. There's kind of like just hanging with bad people. Then there's like songs um, like All Around the World. I chose that specifically because I got that from the movie Nothing But Trouble. And the big joke is like the people who are in trouble who are like, you know, getting the worst in this movie. Just go look it up. It's a long explanation. But <laughs> they're rich. They're rich. They have money. They're bankers. They're people who are like, you know, snorting coke on the highway, etc. And the digital underground gets picked up and he lets them go. 
the judge in the movie. The judge in the movie lets them yeah. go, yeah. So he, um, you know, he and then I thought that was that, that little slight nod there. Like, Dan Aykroyd specifically put that in, and I'm like, that's actually a perfect song for this. So I put that in there. But then, like, uh, there's the, the Josephine Baker number, which, like, made, drove me crazy, and that's its own kind of process. So it's, I want Josephine Baker, and I chose the song April in Paris because um, I thought that was great, and I just had this vision of her coming down on a swing. And then what happens when she gets off the swing? So she's getting changed. And Coconut, main character, he's, like, ogling her. He's, like, really all over her. He's about this. He's really excited, which is what, you know, the point of Josephine Baker was... But what happens is he tries to get with her. He tries to go with her. And actually someone was asking, like, they, they wanted a love story. When they saw my show, they're like, what if he gets a girl in the end? It's like, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Because within misbehavior, there's coconut misbehaving and treating people disrespectfully. And so within that, he gets mad. And he gets like 30, you know, it's like 30 seconds of hard to handle, but he's mad. He's pissed off in that moment. And that's, to me, that was important because hopefully you like him. But he also does this. Sure. And then I have Nina Simone's funkier than a mosquito's tweeter to tell him that he's messing up. And he's not trying to hear it. The whole number, he doesn't want to hear it from her. So it's that idea. It's like you can, misbehaving has its limits. And it does have, there's ways to do it. It's, it's, the, it's more than just doing bad things. There's misbehaving out of uh, expression. There's misbehaving out of rebellion but there's also just misbehaving out of your own senses out of your own wants and desires and so you know he gets called out for that but then he has this kind of spiritual healing moment and that's when it leads to let my people go which is the great migration narrative within the shadows but then the final song is screaming jay hawkins because again he's a misbehavior mm-hmm. he screams he's loud he's he's bright colorful he's kind of arrogant in his stage presence and he's singing this song specifically about the black experience and he's doing it in his way and he's he literally of course he screams in it but that that was the first thing i actually wrote was that song specifically oh well that number for that song and then built around that and that's why it was like okay so how is this lead here yeah and then that's why it's misbehavior because this is how it ends yeah with this Expression of it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't even matter if you misbehave, it's just life, it's just life in America in general, you know. <laughs> Moving into themes, ideas, how did, how did you kind of narrow down like what were the core things that you definitely wanted to get across in your shows? I always wanted the theme, like initially from the, from the beginning, I wanted my like the piece to be very much like an ensemble piece where it felt very like we, everybody that was involved felt strongly about the content um, since I was having a lot of people help me in uh, creating this. So uh, it changed a little bit, but that still ended up being true. So I asked the dancers like, or I asked a few of the artists to sort of like respond to a few questions, which kind of informed um, or which like heavily informed how we went about recording the music and like what we wanted, what sounds and what visual themes we wanted um, like to come from, like if there were like, if there was a lot of overlap and I started seeing overlap too, because there are a lot of like uh, the dancers in my, that uh, I was collaborating with the soloists were 
all like strong uh, women around me that I that I've like some known for a long time um, and some like uh, one of the dancers I have just met through this project was which was great um, but it very quickly became about um, like a way to have like a like some kind of mantra release experience <laughs> for whoever was participating in the in the dance and in the show about very much about being like a a strong woman and like a lot of stuff too obviously came from my own uh life and a lot of like different things were sort of uh leading up to this uh like even before this project started to take shape, it was like, okay, these things now have a place to be. <laughs> All these things that I was like, like racking up in my brain. Yeah. 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 And it was like, okay, um, it seems like we're all feeling a certain way. Like, let's, uh, let's get it out of the system here. But also, um, you know, trying to make it something that a lot of people could feel like could get into and be like it was like excess like not like not easy like but um not like welcoming down. not yeah, watered yeah. down at all like yeah. i think it was pretty thick actually <laughs> <laughs> i was like listening to the music and i was like whew, i was asking like a lot of people right here to it's, listen it's, to this for a long time <laughs> it's emotional like it, the music itself is and not just like like it, i feel like heavy hard emotions like you kind of yeah. Is that what you're getting into? Sorry. It did, yeah. <laughs> it did end up getting very, like, um, personal. And I really, like, hoped that the the dancers could also feel, like, welcome to make it their own. And that was important. So, like, I had a lot of, like, there were three songs in particular that I just, like, that I made the core. And I asked, like, I was, like, I, like, heavily based it off of things that, the artist had said to me or, or you know had submitted in the responses that I like the like very basic questions like you know like what's something that's been bothering you like what's something that makes you mad or has always made you mad or like that you know and you know all that stuff sort of like laser beamed into these three songs that I was just like these are like mantra songs and like there's not words really there's like like the they're in those songs they're less text-based because it's more just like a feeling and it was you know trying to be very um like it was it was an interesting balance of trying to be really specific so that it was clear what we were doing like or like what we, what i was trying to get across and like have it be clear for people to like the artists to interpret but then having it be like an open door um so yeah, it was really helpful having their input in like, just just even getting a place, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, I don't know if that made sense, but um, after getting to know everybody, we sort of like, I don't know, it just became obvious what the theme was gonna be about after, yeah. yeah. Um, and it just like informed every part of the making it. I don't know. Yeah. I sort of like wandered there, but. No, no. I, <laughs> yeah. I never know how to end stuff either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, but so, uh, you know, because you talked about this before too, that you had like you knew the core elements of what you wanted in the show, but like, how do you bring the fashion and the autobiography and the like? What were your? How did you? How did you bring it together? Okay, so in my head, it's always like, well, there's always thoughts in my head because I'm just like that type of person, but always in my head is crazy, sexy, cool. Yes, based off of TLC's album. That's just been my theme my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. But also, another theme that's always been in my life has been hip-hop, storytelling, and fashion. Well, um, I knew like those elements were just gonna be, I was gonna figure that out somehow, but I was getting nervous because like I had to, I had to make it um, make sense. I had to make it like, how can I make this, how can I make this feel like art, more art-based than just fashion and just me writing, like I write for the papers and stuff like that. So how can I make it feel not like something that it's like a job that I'm doing, but something that's gonna be for people who um, <clears throat> may know nothing about me. Well, a wonderful thing happened. I became a member of the um, the um, Cleveland Museum of Art. <laughs> yes, I'm a member, car care member. And um, they had this show called The Black Vanguard. It was amazing. I went to see it like six times. <laughs> I literally joined the museum so I could see that exhibit and then just like went to see it like probably every week. And what it was was it was um it was a black exhibit about black fashion um contributors. It was about stylists, it was about photographers, it was just black as heck. Okay. <laughs> and um I thought it was just the greatest thing ever. I told all my friends to go see it. I, t I was just telling people all about it. And then I remember my homie, he went to go see it and I called him all excited, like, you know, how would you think of it? How was it? Did you love it too? And he was like, man, it was so boring. All I did was look at pictures and like I read some of the stuff and I was like devastated. I took it so personal, like it was like against me and I was like, no. So this show that I'm gonna do is gonna be for somebody like him. I'm writing I'm writing this show for him and for my 90, well, she was 91 at the time. She's 92 now, cause she's still alive. My, for him and my 91 year old grandmother, for them to both understand like, not only like what I do, how did I even get here? Cause a lot of people don't understand like what stylists do and um, how we contribute to fashion and like how all that is informed through like pop culture, hip hop, and like all those elements. It's storytelling, fashion is storytelling. You're telling the story with your clothes and like how can I put all this together and tell about me? Hmm, but it's gotta be relevant and it can't just be, you know, about me because who am I? Like I'm cool and I know I'm cool but everybody else might not know I'm cool. So I had to like just kind of like really sit down with myself and all these elements and start like before I even wrote anything, just started editing all my ideas, all these things that I had, cause I had so much. Jeremy inspired me to watch. Well, I watched half of the halftime show, <laughs> or the first, or the Super Bowl, whatever Super Bowl halftime. I don't know something with the involving. I don't know. No, it was with Mary J. Blige, okay. Dr. Dre. Oh, I know which one. And yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that helped me with like the visuals, cause I'm like. You know, that was one thing my friend said was like, he was just looking at pictures and I don't want people just looking at pictures. Cause at first like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a gallery just full of my work that I've done. And you know, people could just look at it. And then he was like, no. <laughs> so I was like, it needs to be elements that like are moving, but you know, you it needs to be like, like 
different elements like all at once though, but not overly stimulating. So okay, I could tell a story, but it's gotta be oral, because I don't want nobody reading nothing. But <laughs> you can look at pictures and you can look at them at your leisure. So that's where the photos and the videos came in on the sides. And then, you know, Barbie, she's just always interesting, and especially now because the Barbies of today are not the Barbies that I grew up playing with 30 years ago. <laughs> they move, they have hips. Like, I have a thick Ken doll. Like, they're <laughs> doing things that they were never able to do. So, like, I had to include all those elements, and I just, again, had to make it make sense. And I wanted to still have live models because I wanted it to be a fashion show. And that was actually, like the hardest part because I knew, you know, um, the music kind of informed me how I wanted the fashion to look. I knew I wanted to start with Biggie's It Was All A Dream. I mean, I'm sorry, um, Juicy. And I knew I wanted to like start the story with Yo-Yo's Black Pearl because I felt like like that was like, if, if you heard the song, like it's telling like a little bit of my story and the organized chaos was my very first fashion show and hood to, well, it was supposed to say hood to hot, but I'm gonna tell y'all, that's not how y'all spend. Like, it's really called haute couture, but you know, I'm gonna keep it hood. So it was hood to hot, okay? So yeah. <laughs> that was the and full title. That was Organized, organized chaos. chaos, Hood to Hot. It's a show. Uh, the show, and it literally took you from, like I said, me being born in the little 80s um, <laughs> in Cleveland, and you know, through the 90s, and you know, we were my models were walking the bone. Then the 2000s, I was in college at HBCU, and my models, you know, we were in a club scene, we were dancing to Young Jock, and then finally, Big Lotto boss stuff. <laughs> and um, and it was, on the, on this <laughs> well, I want to still keep it clean, okay, you know. Right. And um, <laughs> that, that kind of, you know, the music really helped me tell my story and like narrow down a lot of the themes mm -hmm. and. Um, and the clothes, like, it all started coming together eventually once I started edit. I had to edit first, though. So one of the things that made this show uh, a little unique for us, at least recently, is that the first time we've had uh, an audience in our space uh, since the pandemic began. Um, we've been very much slower than I think a lot of other places to, like, actually have people back in the space. So um, I'm wondering, what was it like doing these shows in front of an audience, like if there was particular audience reactions that you were, that stood out to you, or if it just changed the show in some way, what was it like once you actually got this in front of people? Um, for me, it was wild because like, I know, like, I know how I write and like what I, um, like my story that I told, it was very, like I bared, like I felt like I bared my soul. Like I told everything, you know, and um, I didn't realize that other people were gonna think it was funny. I didn't realize a lot of people was gonna get the joke. It's one joke I put in there um, about the name of my um, company was, or the name of my business is the House of Fly by Lady Silk LLC. And like, I used to always have to correct people because they would just be like, oh, the House of Fly. No, it's the House of Fly by Lady Silk LLC. And you have to say it like a Tribe Called Quest or a Pimp Man Slickback. But see, everybody don't watch the Boondocks. <laughs> and I knew that. And it was certain times in the audience like where I would look and like I would see who would get the joke and like it would be a righteous laughter. And then other people were just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was like little elements like that, like little almost 
I won't say inside jokes, because it wasn't inside jokes, but little, I guess, like, little pivots or pockets of um, something that, like, made people laugh. And, of course, you know, during certain songs, I was looking at people's feet tapping, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, a lot of people shouldn't have really been all that pleased to hear Bone, probably seeing models walk to Bone. But, yeah, they was getting into East 99th, so that brought me joy. <laughs> Yeah, the audience response was interesting. Um, it was it was cool having an audience again because I usually I haven't I haven't performed. Well, I mean it's it's nice performing with a crowd in general. My show is complicated in a lot of ways because the image of my puppet is complicated because I'm I'm specifically and this kind of goes within themes, but I'm I'm working with so many ideas and fighting so many ideas. So it's like wanting this Afrocentric demon character that may look like a caricature and actually was, I got asked if it's a caricature. Um, and within my own kind of thesis of it, of this is just what I want to hell with what may happen within it. I want this, I want it to look like this and I know what it is. I'm making a non-human demon character. But, you know, la later I got, I got people who didn't get it necessarily. I'm sure people some people thought I was doing something or my intention was to be offensive and play with this kind of idea. But it was I didn't really get thinking about it till I had someone ask. I said, well, he's a demon. And they're like, well, how am I supposed to know? And my in my head, I'm just like, what did you think he was? <laughs> tell, me, tell me word for word what you think he's supposed to be, if not a demon. Go on, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, like... <laughs> but I think some people may have interpreted it that way, of you're messing with a caricature, and it's... and But even within that, the, the audience response was multi-layered. So it's... It, some people immediately thought that's what I'm doing is specifically... Someone said I, I liked the like ideas of or, yeah. the specific. Yeah, someone said specifically I like the reclaim minstrel imagery. And while that's a whole discussion, that wasn't my intention. Mm. You know, someone else brought up the evolution of the black puppet, which I thought was really interesting. He's like, I hadn't considered the evolution of the black puppet and what you're doing here and this, that, the third. And then someone once again, and it was a nice conversation. You know, very respectfully asked, "Is this a caricature you're doing?" And I'm like, "No." Mm. I see where you're coming from, and that's within its own kind of thing. But other than that as well, the response was really good. So like and even when there was a conversation, it was still at least constructive. Yeah, I, I, I had mostly constructive conversation. I think some people, people will have their own interpretation no matter what. Um, but it definitely, it's a different, it's a very different show. It's not something everyone's used to seeing. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize it was so multi-layered. I didn't realize I was having people ask so many questions. My intention was to make an Afro-fantasy, a black puppet show, with themes that I enjoyed, damn whatever they may be. And then it became this multi-layered question of what it means, what it is, what it says, what it's using. And one way or another, whether I'm intending that or not, that's what the audience right. is interpreting. Mm -hmm. And everyone's interpretation was just really interesting and what they 
specifically saw in it, and that's a whole. Co- again, I'm gonna say complex question a lot, but. Um. It was really nice to have an audience. Um, um, and like Silk was saying, it was really nice when, when you're, you could tell in the moment that the thing you wanted to get across got across and you weren't like questioning anymore. You were like, okay, I got through to like, I was not being crazy when I did that thing. <laughs> and, um, but then at the same time too, like, you know, to what you were saying, like the things, like random things uh, that you didn't think people would ask you about. Like, I, like someone was like, like you'll have someone that like really gets it and like it connects, like they connected with it and felt something about it. And then someone will just be like really confused about like the production side of it and like just be totally hung up on that. Like, <laughs> be like, I don't understand. Was there like a flutist backstage with you? Like it felt like, and then I was like, no. And they're like, are you sure? I was like, yes. <laughs> I would have noticed. But oh, we're backstage when we have put a flutist. I know, I know. People like have this illusion of like this immense backstage or something. Anyway, but. All in all, it was really rewarding, and I thought, um, I mean, I sort of planned it this way, but I planned it so that I wouldn't have to directly be the one performing this time. Like, like I wasn't um, the main, like, performer, mainly just because there's, like, a lot going on that needed to be managed, and I just was thinking practically, but it was kind of nice to, like, watch it get received rather than... Like, a lot of times, like, when you're the performer, you're just in it, and you're just like, whoa, and then it's over, and you're like, whew, I think that went well, like, or maybe I think it went bad, or, like, you just, like, don't have a real gauge of it. But this time, it felt like I, like, you know, could actually, yeah, like, assess, Um, which was really nice. It was was different for me. And, um, you know, the four soloists that I had performing live some of them have never performed in this context before, so I think it made a big difference that they had an audience, because, like, I'm asking them to do... Like, I know these folks from different, you know, contexts, and, um, you know, it's it was all an idea that I would be having them do this, like, thing with projection that they've never done before, with music that they've never heard of before, or even if it's, like, a different style than they're used to, and then it's all real when it's like now it's like a thing and like some like element like snaps like into place you know what i mean like that extra layer of like having an audience to connect with i think helps with a lot so uh winding this down into our final thoughts uh we are in fact maelstrom collaborative arts and so i want to like circle back to this general idea of like what was collaborating as the copyright like for you all like what, how, how did how did that feeling come to be? And did you find, like, I will notice, I want to lead with this, that, like, without us, I think, ever announcing it, music is very strong for mm-hmm. everybody's piece. And so just immediately I felt like there was some just very interesting cross-cutting there. But, yeah, who wants to speak to collaborating? Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the first thing I noticed, too, like, after we had like our Zoom meetings, and we're like, okay, like, uh. and then we started coming in person. I was like, okay, 
And then we started talking about our ideas, and it was like, whoa. Because it was, it was like, we don't really, like, I've never worked, well, I've worked with Naomi before, but on a whole nother, it was something, it was weird. Like, I don't even, like, it was just It was weird. a different, yeah. It was, it was something different, different yeah. and weird. And, um, but we were, like. It was literally it was, at Mousetrap Collaborative. Are going to let it go? Are going to let it go? like. It well, was it weird and good. <laughs> <laughs> weird in a good way, though. Like it was, we bonded it, over yeah. like I costume. Like, to it was fun. Phrase, it was like we were both doing very different roles than we were doing this time. I yes, think. very different. Yeah. And we didn't meet each other in Paris. Day. Like it was just all like it was during the pandemic, y'all. It was weird. Okay. So okay. Anyway, that's true. But like it was like we only like it was just we had this like weird exchange of goods like outside yes. and yeah. It was a whole thing. I went to her house, like, and dressed her. It was just very different instead of weird, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but the common thing was music, and, like, I, and, that, and that was one thing, like, music, I feel like, unites everything and everybody, just like weed, right? Like, it's universal. And so when I found out that... <laughs> just when I... So when I found out that, like, we all had those elements, it was like, okay, there's a um, theme that... It kind of like it kind of worked without us having to work so hard, mm-hmm. and then like as we got into it, like I think what helped me was it was just a lot of encouragement. It was a lot of like we were checking in with each other. We were like going through the process together, sweating together. Like literally, they both helped me literally <laughs> until the day of the last show. Like collaborated with me. Yes, like these are my artist family now like i can say that i have that now and like you know i'm always down to collaborate with you guys in the near future because it was just so much fun like and it's always fun working with somebody that has a different element than what you bring so i'm always very fashion and very hip-hop and very rap music and very hood stuff and naomi came with this like to me opera related like (laughs) beautiful lights and sounds and movements and delicate and and then Nate came with this hardcore like raw historical like the beginning of it all emotion making this puppet um convey emotions through the hips and like it gave me chills and it just like how we all incorporated like I said music and movement and like even lighting and sound and we were just very different artists like that to me was like beautiful i wish there was a movie made about like our process like it was just a beautiful thing and then to see how it all came together night after night like it was just like whoa even like just having the beginning the middle the end because i'm all about a story right and it just it just all just came together so beautifully like in a collaborative way (laughs) that you would never think like could happen from that very first application you know yeah it's it's crazy it's it's crazy how it came together i mean as far as collaboration i literally couldn't have done my show without these two like they literally helped me on my show they never did puppets before Silk ended up doing shadow puppets. She loved it. She was like, because she's like, okay, I have to go. I have to go soon. I'm like, okay, we'll do it really quick. And then we do like one take. She's like, do you want to do another one? Do you want to do one more? Just be safe. I'm like, I yeah, cool. Like, and then Naomi, when my um, when my additional puppets here, shout out to Max Hyde Perry. Um, when he wasn't available, Naomi would step in and puppeteer for me, and literally couldn't have done 
that element without her, you know, and just my favorite thing is how this show, like all, you know, as, as far as being connected by music is one thing, but like the way all three shows were weirdly connected with no <laughs> like additional kind of like back and forth. Like we all heard each other's abstract ideas. <laughs> and so it like, you know, and then we, we come to put the show together and here's my show about these like, you know, these demons and ancestral spirits and like going into another realm working with that and then we have Naomi doing another demon and spirit show which we didn't talk about that we just it just happened and then Silk who's like a very yeah. cultural hip hop show but the craziest thing it's all purple and I made a purple puppet <laughs> and then her show we literally have this like purple fuzzy demon puppet we have you know with spirits behind it we have spirits and demons in the next show and there's literally a giant piece of purple fur on the floor. <laughs> Silk's rocking purple most of the time. And it's a and it's a cultural show. I'm picturing like a three-part Venn diagram where like there's some overlap to <laughs> yeah. two circles. Yeah. And then there's an overlap sure. of all three circles. That's yeah. I feel like that kind yeah. of helps. Because like the purple fits two of the circles. And the fits two circles. But then net music is all three circles. And like, yeah. 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 This yeah. was cool, yeah. How they all sort of mesh together and maybe that was from just like i don't know just energy too like when we were all meeting and stuff and yeah. it was the cheese it was the table cheese. it was the it was table, the table cheese, cheese. <laughs> you'll have to subscribe for the extended version of this podcast talking about table cheese and table gum and how both are important for a good meeting yeah um, <laughs> this is true yeah maybe did you well yeah, I mean, it was awesome getting to work with Silk and Nate, and uh, and I have to shout out to Jeremy and Jasmine too because we, I mean, all had a bunch of crazy stuff that we were all just like getting hyped about, and then we'd come at you with this like <laughs> sanity, <laughs> and you were like, okay, <laughs> yes, sounds good. I say but... yes. <laughs> so. That it, it, I think between all of us, like, there is a real, like, you know, energy in this space. And even that one day we were all just, like, cleaning. I liked that a lot. I like community. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cleaning alone. I don't either. <laughs> but that was kind of nice. <laughs> and, you know, it all felt very, like, we were all just, like, in it and trying to do it. And we all had, we were all, like, focused for that, you know, helping each other and stuff like that and it felt yeah it was very nice and it was also like i got to bring a bunch of people in here that um like i hadn't got to work with and like before so that was really nice like i'm not gonna shout out everybody like but shout out to everybody <laughs> you know who you are <laughs>